Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Jessica Bard, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. According to the American Lung Association, poor indoor and poor outdoor air quality can cause or contribute to the development of infections, lung cancer, and chronic lung diseases such as asthma. Dr. Pal Gupta is here to speak with us about that today. Dr. Gupta is an allergy, asthma, and immunology specialist affiliated with Mount Sinai Hospital and SUNY Downstate Medical Center in New York City. She's also a co-founder and chief medical officer of GetCleared.com and a volunteer national spokesperson for the American Lung Association. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Gupta. Talk to us about the impact of air pollution and climate change on our respiratory health. Absolutely. So as temperatures increase with climate change, the warmer air helps to form ground level ozone. So ground level ozone is sometimes called smog and smog is a powerful air pollutant that makes it harder to breathe, especially for someone with lung disease. Smog can even shorten life. So some parts of the U.S., have less rainfall because of climate change. And as a result, wildfire seasons are longer and wildfires are more frequent and affect larger areas. Wildfires produce smoke that contains tiny particles called particle pollution that goes deep into the lungs. So breathing these tiny particles makes asthma and COPD symptoms worse and can shorten life. Wildfire smoke can travel thousands of miles and can cause spikes in air pollution that affect people far beyond the immediate fire path. What is the impact of climate change on people with asthma? Yeah, so I spoke about this a little bit in my first answer, but we know that those people with lung disease are more impacted and at more risk when exposed to poor air quality. So studies show that air pollution exposure is linked to greater risk of respiratory infections. And, you know, right now, one thing that this pandemic has illustrated to us is how sensitive our lungs are and how important they are to our system functions. So simply put, We need to breathe and there's no shortcut and no alternative. So anything, be it a virus or tobacco smoke or air pollution that puts our lungs and our ability to breathe at risk is a danger. We talked about asthma. What is the impact of climate change on people with allergies? Yeah. So for allergy sufferers, it's very interesting. Climate change actually can increase allergies. And the reason for that is that as temperatures rise because of climate change, plants produce more pollen. So those rising temperatures is almost like trigger for plants to be nervous that something's happening where their kind of existence is put in danger. And so they actually release more pollen in order to keep their existence alive. And so more pollen means more allergens. And so every year we're noticing that the allergy seasons are getting longer and stronger. What tips do you give your patients for reducing the health risks caused by climate change? So one tangible thing that people can do to reduce the health risks caused by climate change is to pay attention to the daily reports on air quality. And you can go to sites like airnow.gov, which gives current air quality information and forecasts for the next day. And when the air quality is poor, you can limit your 
your outside activities. Also keep your windows and doors closed during those moments where the air quality outside is poor. And that will help to mitigate some of the negative effects of poor air quality. In addition, if you have you know, allergies, if you do suffer from allergies, you can also keep track of the pollen counts. And similarly, on days where the pollen counts are higher for the things that you're allergic to, you should try not to exercise or do outdoor activities as much on those days. You should keep your windows and doors shut on those high pollen count days. I don't want people to become obsessed by this. And I want people to be able to enjoy their lives and be able to go outside because experiencing nature is just so important for our health and well-being. But it is important, especially during wildfire season, for example, in California and other parts of the West, that we do pay attention to things like that. And now with COVID, I think that everyone is kind of more acclimated to wearing masks and things like that. And wearing a mask on those poor air quality days or high pollen count days may theoretically help to a certain degree. So that's also something that you can do uh, that may help to mitigate some of the effects. But you know, at the end of the day, what we all need to do is fight for better air quality through advocacy. Um, and that's something that you know, I think that American Lung Association does really well is advocating for measures that will improve long-term air quality for all of us. You know, if we all do our part in helping to mitigate air pollution and the negative effects of climate change on a, on a larger scale, that's really the only way that we're going to fight this problem. I think that's well said. And when we talk about the environment, it's not just the outdoor environment either. Indoor home environment matters too. Can you explain some factors and the possible effects of each? Yeah. So poor indoor quality can cause or contribute to the development of infections, lung cancer, chronic lung diseases like asthma, and people who already have lung disease are at greater risk, as I've already mentioned. So, you know, there's lots of things that can make indoor air quality poor, things like asbestos, um, building paint and products, carbon monoxide, um, allergens like cockroaches, mice, um, dust mites, and then for indoor air quality, for example, in work exposure, lots of people are exposed to harsh cleaning supplies and other chemicals in their workspaces that can also negatively affect their indoor air quality. Floods, water damage can also affect indoor air quality, which can lead to mold exposure, lead exposure and paint. And then, as I'd mentioned before, residential wood burning can also affect our indoor air quality. And then secondhand smoke, which reducing secondhand smoke exposure is so important. And also, I understand so difficult because smoking is just such a difficult habit to break. You know, as far as indoor air quality goes, sometimes it's really difficult to assess whether all of these factors are present or even some of these factors are present. And so some of the things that you can do is asking yourself, do your health symptoms improve when you leave the building that you work in, for example? Do they return when you go back to work? If 
So then that means that you might have an issue in the indoor air quality in that particular place. So that's one way of kind of figuring out if there is an issue. And then once you know that, yes, there must be something in my home or in my work environment that's affecting my health, then there's a whole nother process that we have to go through to try to figure out what it is in your home or work environment that might be causing the issue. And that can be hard to figure out, but not impossible. But I think the first thing is just figuring out that there is an issue and then kind of going from there. What would you say are the overall take-home messages from our conversation today? So I think the overall take-home message is that our lungs are important, right? They're important to our survival. They're heavily impacted by the air we breathe and the exposures that we have in our indoor and outdoor environment can affect that. And there are things that we are out of our control, but then there are certain things that are in our control. And as I mentioned, smoking, for example, creating a smoke-free zone in your home and your workplace environment is one of the things that we can do. And monitoring the air pollution levels outside, and then trying our best not to be outside when we don't need to be outside, but also then making sure that we know that being outside is also healthy. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a balancing act that can be hard to achieve sometimes, but I think overall the take home message is just being aware of all of the factors that can influence uh, the air we breathe, whether it's indoor or outdoor and trying to balance what we can and can't control. I think that's well said. Thank you so much today, Dr. Gupta, for your time. I think we learned a lot in the importance of lung health. Thank you for having me. It's such an important topic. And I think we've just realized more and more over the past year how important our lung health is. So thank you for taking the time to cover this important topic.